Welcome back to the Afternoon Snack Podcast. I'm Meredith, here with Alex Parker. In today's episode, we are lovingly calling Assholes on the Internet. I don't know, we actually haven't discussed the title, but that's what I have the GarageBand file saved as, so hopefully you're okay with that. Sure. We're rolling with it. Um, but first, we would like to thank you for listening. Usually we do that at the end, but we're going to do it at the beginning today. It means a lot, um, especially after last week's um, big gay episode, which, you know, we put a lot of um, effort and thought into. It really uh, means a lot to hear from you guys on, or you all on that, on the podcast generally, but especially that topic because it feels so kind of raw to talk about sometimes. So thank you um, to everyone who reached out and shared it. It means a lot. You're welcome. Including you. <laughs> yeah. We, um, we've really been, uh, this is, this has been a time of growth for us as a, both I think as, as people, but also as a brand and as ridiculous as it sounds to attribute that to social media, the reality is a lot like a large part of our presence is social media and it is this podcast and it's the way that people see and hear, um, us and what we say and what we put out. And, um, we wrote a, a post on this on Saturday, kind of poking fun at, uh, some of <laughs> Alex's bloopers from the week, but we've, we've had to kind of lean into the video content a lot more than we used to. Um, if you followed us on Instagram for a long time, you know, we've, we've done mostly written content blogs and posts and, um, Instagram basically demands that we do reels now. So we've been exploring the video content and it's, <clears throat> it's been challenging and uncomfortable sometimes and annoying and time consuming. Um, but it's been a fun challenge. And I think there's a lot, there's a, a lesson here and there's a lot to, there's a lot to learn and be gained when you, instead of running away and not doing the things that challenge you because oh, well, it's not the way that we do content. You just figure it out. You figure out, okay, this is what we have to do to spread our message, which is ultimately the most important thing for us. And do it. Figure out how to do it. So Alex is finally on board, which helps a ton. Yeah, I was definitely reluctant. How come? Um, it was just something that's out of my comfort zone. It took me a while even to warm up to the podcast. Um, and even still, I'm very critical of like what I sound like and what I say. Um, but I think the positive feedback really helps like over time. Like we've been doing this for about two years now, right? Yeah. And like each and every podcast gets a little bit easier. Um, I try to listen to them back and figure out like what worked, what didn't, what I liked, what I didn't like for the most part. Um, they never sound as bad as I, I think they sound right after we finish recording. But the videos, especially, you're you're putting your face out there. Like the messaging, you, you can't hide behind written word. And writing is much easier, I think, for both of us. Like yeah. you can take the time it you need to take. Um, and you're not speaking, like li literally speaking. It just doesn't seem as vulnerable. Um, yeah. you, you, when you get in front of a camera and you talk, that's a little bit more like, this is me. And I, I think I, I started by 
I don't know if some people, if you follow me, I did a lot of like cooking series when Meredith, Meredith was gone where I like talked into my camera, which I'd never really done before. Those are very popular. And that was kind of a, a way to kind of dip my toe into just putting my face and my voice out there into the world. Um, and it just, yeah, the feedback really helps. Like people like it. People like seeing you. And then you think, well, I like seeing other people's faces. It's personal. And I think especially with COVID, uh, social media is definitely a way to connect with people. And so the connection when you see someone's actual face and them actually talking and you see inside their life, you just feel that much more connected, which I think is important. And I think that's why we are, our brand is kind of coming together a little bit more because our personalities are shining through. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely, there's a vulnerability to it for sure. Um, because I sometimes, well, I think we're both fairly introverted people and, um, it helps to have like as much control over what comes out of my mouth as possible. And I'm sure you feel the same way. Like everything needs to be kind of rehearsed and, writing is it is the easiest way to do that because you can you can review it you can make sure that you include all the context and qualification that you need to you don't stumble you don't mumble you don't miss words um you don't say things in a weird way but with video it's just kind of all out there and um yeah I think there's a fine line between I mean we we do we do all kinds we do totally off the the cuff unscripted we do very scripted and it's been kind of fun to to figure out what what hits and what lands with people um I don't know and it's like business is always a little slow in the summertime so why not use that you know why not use this time to to dabble and like literally learn like we're having to learn um video editing and by we I mean me (laughs) I am having to learn yeah I don't I don't touch I try to have as few apps on my computer as possible yeah I have so many apps and so many videos, but it's, yeah, we're having to learn that. Um, you're having to, to get better with audio and captioning and just staying on, on brand while we do it. And I don't know. It's neat. It's fun. Yeah. Um, I will say, and this will be a good segue into, I guess the topic, which we'll get right into the, the thing that feels the podcast almost feels protected. Um, because it's, it's not like you, unless you had an Instagram page where you're posting episodes, you know, the episodes go up, people listen to them if they want to listen to them and that's it. You don't have to, you're not subjected to feedback for each podcast, um, unless people reach out, which is great. We love when that happens, but like the, there's not as much banter. There's not as much back and forth. You don't have to field any negativity generally on the podcast Um, like if somebody doesn't want to listen to it they just turn it off in their car they're like this sucks turning it off which like honestly does that even happen with our podcast probably not but if somebody didn't want to listen to it it would be pretty easy to turn it off but that's podcasts yeah i've listened to a lot of podcasts where i'm like and this sucks but i'm just going to go to another episode or another podcast yeah and you don't you can just skip it and you don't have to there's nothing that uh, necessitates you telling the the podcast host like hey by the way this episode sucked 
Um, <laughs> they just, you just like listen, you're like, ah, this one isn't for me. So I'm gonna skip it. And I'm sure we've had episodes. It's like kind of like TV. It's like no one, I don't know if it's because podcasts are, you're a little bit more removed from them. Yeah. Like you're listening. It's, it's like not in real time. I don't know. It's weird. It's like when you watch a TV show or a movie, you're like, oh, that sucked. But you're not going to like go on some sort of like, I don't know, maybe Reddit. I'm never on Reddit. So maybe you would go on Reddit and be like, this movie sucked. And then you would have banter there. But like, that's not, or maybe you would rate it on Rotten Tomatoes. But it's just, it's not as like hurt. There's no like attack. You don't get attacked as much. Yeah. But yeah, it's like protected for some reason. Yeah. Um, whereas with, <coughs> excuse me, with social media, it's so easy to um, <laughs> read a post or um, watch a video. And if you don't like it, it's so easy to be like, this is dumb in all caps. And instead of just moving on or I disagree with this or unfollowing. Yeah. Just like, what are you doing here? Although most people who disagree tend to not be followers to begin with. That's true. That's, That's like the I first noticed. thing that I check. I'm like, Oh yeah, you're new here. But, um, it's funny. Uh, I'll tell one little story before we get into it. I'm reading this. I'm reading another book on 2000s pop culture. Cause I'm just like really into this topic now. We talked about the um, Jill Gutowitz book in the Big Gay episode, and I'm reading um, a similar book, different author, and she's talking about how, you know, before before social media and the, uh, like she's talking about the 2000s, but clearly this applies to um, really any time before that. There was a big uh, distinction between like celebrities and normal people. Like you couldn't, you would, you would read about pop culture and celebrities in magazines or in newspapers, or you would see it on the news or on E or whatever, but you had no, you, you, there's no ability to interact with, um, with celebrities. You can't contact them and be like, Hey, by the way, I hate you. Um, it didn't exist. And now you have like celebrities are much more, um, approachable I guess because they're on social media and then you also have this entire group or collection or class of celebrity that was kind of um born from social media so the biggest I guess the example that she uses is Justin Bieber who kind of sprung from you know the YouTube uh Instagram kind of time frame he he was he, he was made famous by his followers and even like the Jonas brothers were made famous on MySpace by their followers. So you have this, this class of celebrity that just people feel more attached to these people. They like, they feel some ownership over who they are and what they do. And I think that probably applies, um, to CrossFit athletes, any athlete, but I mean, we, we deal most heavily in the CrossFit space and, you know, we've talked about how CrossFit as a sport was, it did come up at the same time as social media. So a lot of CrossFit athletes got like garnered a big following during that time. So I think there is some ownership probably felt by the community and by people into uh, at least the success as it's defined on the internet, like as a, an internet or Instagram celebrity kind of, there's some ownership there. Um, but most importantly, there's a proximity um, a very close proximity, especially to athletes who manage their own accounts. Like, you you know, I, mean, I don't think Justin Bieber manages his own Instagram account, but 
you and I do. Danny Spiegel does. Um, Katrin, I don't know, maybe. But like for the most part, these people are on their accounts, on their phones. Like you can talk to them or at them. Mm-hmm. So there's a, a there's a definite proximity. Um, so I guess that kind of just sets the stage for uh, the conversation that we're going to have. But I'll I'll give some background and then let you go. Or do you want to give the background? I was just going to say, uh, if you follow us, or I guess more specifically Alex, you probably caught wind of some online drama drama a couple weeks ago, like over the weekend during semifinals. And if you want to understand more of the context, we actually did a podcast on the background last year after the CrossFit Games. It's episode number 37. And it's called like the CrossFit Games Recap. And in that episode, we talk about the commentary from the CrossFit Games, which was um, extremely negative at times. And so much so that we watched a lot of the CrossFit Games last year on mute. And I know that other people did as well. And it's just, it's very, it was very frustrating to listen to then. And it seems like not much has changed and it continues to be frustrating to listen to both. It's, it's annoying, but it's also frustrating as an athlete who can relate to the athletes that are competing to hear a commentator discuss their performance in such a negative light. Yeah. So it's opinion. That was an opinion, but it was substantiated by actual evidence that we point out like the number of times um, like a negative comment was made during Mal O'Brien doing the thruster wall walk workout, which was one of the bigger, which was the, one of the workouts with the most I- issues with the commentary. That was the one that stood out. So if you're ever interested in going back and watching. Yeah. The spark notes on that one is I think there were over like 35 negative comments made during the final event. Um, Just like, I, I guess to be more specific, like a lot of like doubting, like, oh, she better slow down. She's not going to be able to maintain this pace. But like the funny thing is, in the end, she did. And she crushed it. And she ended up winning. And it was like, well, you know, she's beating Tia. She shouldn't be beating Tia. Like, I don't, those aren't, I'm not quoting because it was a long time ago that I watched that specific event, but things like that. Yeah. And then you compare that to the commentary on the final men's heat. And I think that there were zero comments made that were negative. So just, it's like, go back and watch it if you want to understand what the the context is. And then, um, yeah, basically watch almost any event from this year's Granite Games and you'll see. I like almost didn't even want to do a podcast on this because it was a pretty difficult weekend for me. Um, And I'll explain about it. I'll obviously get into the details. Um, But at the same time, I do think it's an interesting topic. And I learned a lot. Um, And so... I'm going to explain what happened. And if you disagree, I'm like more than happy to talk. So two weekends ago, I believe the Granite Games uh, semifinals CrossFit event was on. And the commentators was, were, it was like Joe something, not important. I don't even know who he is. And then Chase Ingram. And Chase Ingram was somebody that we had a negative opinion about at the CrossFit Games last year. So um, I went into the, the 
Granite Games, not even knowing who the commentators are, because I, I don't, I honestly don't keep up that much anymore. Clear, it was clear to me that it was Chase Ingram. He was introduced as a cross ex CrossFit Games athlete. I think he went to the CrossFit Games in like 2008. He was cut very early on. Yeah, I mean that's relevant. But throughout the weekend, I mean, it started out on Friday. It was once again extremely negative, and to the point where I found it pretty upsetting. Like just and there was a lot of like jokes made at the athletes expense expenses um there were negative comments made about like even to the like just inappropriate comments about the color of one athlete's kid's hair like that he had really red hair and they were kind of laughing about that and I'm like yeah it's kind of funny but at the same time like just don't it's not appropriate um a lot of like the lifting one to me was especially bad. Um, the handstand walk one where, you know, he would say things like, just watch, just watch. Like they're going to start dropping like flies, like just so it was just, there's negative And he would, he would try to kind of make an, um, he would make like, it was almost like he was betting against the athletes. And then when he was right, like when the athletes failed, it like excited him. And that's the impression I got. And that's my opinion. I, do not know Chase as a human being at all. I don't follow him on Instagram. I've never talked to him in person. I have no idea what his life is. I know that he did a bad, in my opinion, did a bad job on the commentary. So I think it was Saturday morning or Friday night, one of the two, I posted on my social media as a story of me talking into my camera and I said, does anybody know if there's a petition that I can sign to have Chase Ingram removed from CrossFit commentary? Like this is, this is bad. And kind of like, I kind of was joking, but not like I kind of smirked at the end. And I think I was a little bit loaded from what had happened last year at the CrossFit games. And to go back to that and touch on it, cause there's some context there. After we talked about it on the podcast, a lot of people on our social media messaged us to say that they agreed and had an issue with the with the commentator, commentating especially from certain commentators, Chase Ingram being one of them. So I, f I feel like I had some backing and then seeing it happen again, I was like, okay, I'm going to say something. Also, after the games last year, Chase Ingram, I don't even know how I feel like I was aware that he was aware. I don't know if we had talked to people, but then he did a post that well, kind of... I think of, he was receiving, and this had nothing to do with us. Um, I don't know was, how we, we found that out, though. Someone, I think someone who follows him sent it, like DM'd the post to us. Basically, so, the post said, this is a hard job, but I care so much and I'm doing the best I can, and I care so, like, it was very, I, I think it was talking about how perfection is not attainable, what we should continue striving for it, which is, like, a very ironic stance to take, because I think if, maybe we'll get into the, like, the, the, criti the receiving criticism later, but the whole sort of point of the post it went to the, the his character which no one is speaking about his character his experience as an athlete again no one is speaking about his experience as an athlete the fact that he's been in the community for x number of years again no one is speaking about that fact 
it's all of these things that are actually quite irrelevant to doing the job that he has been like given. And the only, I don't, the only, he didn't speak to that except to say like, basically I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. Yeah. That was at the, on the post last year. Mm-hmm. So then, yeah. So, I, so then fast forward, I don't know, 10 months, however long, nine months. I do this, I do this story. I don't get a lot of DMs. Like I do get responses to my stories, but never like an exorbitant amount that I can't even manage. I received, and I'm not exaggerating, hundreds of DMs from my followers being like, thank you for for saying this. Like seriously though, if there's a petition, I would sign it. This needs to change. This is really bad. Did you see what he said here? Like basically I had received hundreds of people saying that they agreed with me and, and thanking me for saying something. And I, and I'm not exaggerating. One person commented back and said, you're a loser. (laughs) I think another person said, well, you know, there are bad commentators in other sports. And I was like, okay so that makes it all right then like okay so then having had this positive feedback on my opinion like it just felt very validating and substantiated I po I I said to Meredith like maybe I should do a petition to like actually get this guy off like he has been doing this like from my from my perspective, he was aware of it last year and he seems to have just doubled down. Maybe he wasn't aware. I don't, no one told me that he was aware, but that's the opinion I had. Um, so I created a petition. It was, it was very targeted towards Chase Ingram. I said, like, I think it was titled like vote to have Chase Ingram removed from CrossFit commentary. One thing I do know about Chase is this isn't his full-time job. He, he is a con I'm pretty, I don't know. Ex- the, I'm pretty sure he's a contractor for CrossFit. He has his own gym. He has his own podcast. He does his own shit. Like this is not how he makes money. This is not how he put puts food on his family's table. I don't want his job. I had no personal interest in this, except for the fact that like, I feel like the athletes and having been an athlete who has poured my heart and soul into the sport seeing them continually being disrespected and undermined and just, it was just, it made me sick, really, the comments that were coming out of this guy's mouth. Um, so really, like, I just want to make this clear, like, it was never about me. Like, I really did not have much personal to gain here. I also don't have an Instagram that is about throwing cross, like, I don't post about CrossFit games on my Instagram. Like, my Instagram is personal. It's not a business. Like I don't, I'm not an influencer. I just, my, my Instagram now is just this independent thing where I share my life with people who want to see it. Like, I'm not like, I don't make money off of being extremist and have opinions about CrossFit. Mm -hmm. Like certain people out there who maybe have podcasts about CrossFit. Like we're not that, we're not that company. I'm not that person. Correct. Um, so then the next, so I actually got a lot of signatures, like they were kind of trickling in like hundreds and, um, 
And then the next day, and then I, and then I started getting, I, Andrew Hiller, who, if you don't know him, he is a, I don't even know what he is, a YouTuber? Yeah, but like pretty new. Like he's just started doing YouTube and Okay, like so basically his job, from my understanding, is to call out bad reps. I wouldn't call it a job. That's his, what he started doing on. So basically he shits on CrossFit. Mm-hmm. And like at first it was great because like I feel that CrossFit, the sport needs to be more fair. Um, there are like standards aren't upheld a lot of the time. Like judging is interesting. I think the nature of the sport brings an inherent amount of unfairness, but that's a conversation for a different day. So Andrew Hiller basically does these YouTube videos where he says like, Oh, CrossFit should have penalized Danny Spiegel because she didn't lock out this number of muscle ups. Here's the video. You can see it. Um, and that's basically what he does. I've watched one of his videos. He apparently loves Chase Ingram and decided to, instead of like, I don't know, whatever. I don't actually know what I was expecting him to do. He created his own petition in opposition to my petition. And I read his petition and what I gathered from it was, um, number one, he believes Chase Ingram should not be fired. Number two, Chase Ingram um, is a very important part of the sport because he's been in it for so long. That was one of his arguments. Number three, commentating on the CrossFit games is hard, so we should cut Chase some slack. And then that was kind of it. And to me, I'm like, okay, well, first of all, dude, you undermined your own argument. Like you're basically saying like he is doing a shitty job. <laughs> Let's cut him some slack because he's been in the community for so long. Yeah, this is an interesting, I'll just like interject here. It was an interesting stance to take as, you know, Andrew Hiller, the guy who cuts no one any slack. Like his whole thing is hold the line, um, hold yourself to a high standard, which I like, I tend to agree with. Like we can get into to his um, de-evolution, but you know, his whole thing starting out was, you know, let's try to hold CrossFit judging to a higher standard. It's what the athletes deserve. 100%. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. Um, interesting that that would be his take on this because I think that when you as a human being decide to hold yourself to a high standard, that doesn't just apply to at like to athletics. It doesn't just apply to sports. That also applies to any, literally any other endeavor. So to say, oh, that, you know, commentating is hard, so we should cut him some slack. Well, like, dude, you can make the exact same argument for the sport of CrossFit. Well, CrossFit is a hard sport. We should cut these athletes some slack. They're at the end of the workout. They're almost locking their muscle ups out. Like, give them a break. They're trying really hard. They've been in the sport forever. They're good for publicity. That's such a ludicrous like stance to take for him. And then the whole, the second thing that I have, and this is becoming an annoying, this is not just Hiller. This is not just Chase. This is becoming an annoying trend in CrossFit. It's relatively new. It's this whole like, so-and-so is an OG. It's like this OG narrative as if like, being an early adopter of the sport like automatically makes you an expert. Like it doesn't being an early adopt, like someone who was competitive and like, I'm going to say this and like no offense if you were competing at this time, because good for you. 
early adopters, early competitors, like were competing in a sport that basically no one did. Like you could be It's terrible. a completely different sport now. Like you could be shitty. There was just no one else to compete against. So like Chase Ingram, 2009, like he was shitty. There was just no one else to compete against. It, like look back, look at any sport. Like look at the NHL. Look at Jason Kalipa. In one, in those, I'm like, dude, you, you are moving like dog shit it's like rich is the only og who has continued to improve no so is annie thor's daughter and annie but like look back at the nhl in the 1970s everyone was shitty like you just get better you can't say oh well so and so played hockey in the 1970s he's obviously an expert like no that is not a legitimate argument an expert is an expert someone who relies on continued education and understanding of the athletes and the sport and who like when they commentate, they don't just say, well, back in the day we were doing snatches on dirt and rocks and it wasn't even flat. Like, cool, dude. Why is that? Why does that come up every single time you say something? Every single event. Yeah. Anyways, um, that I just thought that that was like for his purposes, for the argument that Andrew Hiller made, I thought that it was a the OG thing is completely irrelevant. We should just stop talking about that. And then B, like you want to be flexible on standards when it suits your friend, but not when it suits katrin or danny or i don't know any who else whoever else he does videos on so it's just kind of um there's a, a bit of a tinge a sprinkling of hypocrisy in that argument that he made he also made a a great argument that i really i mean it wasn't it was great for me because it was hilarious <laughs> I really wanted to speak to all of his points publicly, but at that point in time, I was so over it. I was like, I, I've, I've, I deeply regret bringing this up because this is not the hill I want to die on. Like it's CrossFit commentator. I care, but not to the point to like have my, have just like be starting this like huge internet argument. I, that wasn't what I wanted. I maybe didn't think it through appropriately and realize how, divided people might be on this topic I wish I had known I think because I had so much positive feedback initially I just went in kind of almost like blissfully ignorant to the fact that there was this whole other opposition um but that's beside the point so he also said he also said that people who've been in the sport should be commentating and he used the example of Tom Brady recently signing some enormous deal to commentate for football when he retires. And I was like, so wait, you're comparing Tom Brady to Chase Ingram. And also he may have signed a contract, but you actually don't know if he's going to be any good at commentating. He might be terrible. But like, like, but his argument was like, it doesn't matter if you're like a really good athlete and you're a big part of the community and big part of the sport, that should be enough. Yeah, I think there's a big difference between Matt Fraser and Chase Ingram. Exactly. Like, anyway. Okay, so I wanted to speak that. I didn't because I was done with it. But actually, I wasn't done with it because then Andrew Hiller had brought this to light and all of his followers, who are not my followers, probably because we disagree on many different things that extend far beyond CrossFit, decided to descend upon my Instagram. Fine. But at that point, it was all only DMs. So I was getting like, it, like, I was getting DMs from people. Yeah. And the DMs weren't like, 
I think I got a couple. I'll give some some credit saying like, well, like what specifically are you talking about? I actually think he's doing a good job. Can you point to some of the things he said that are bothersome? That sort of thing. So like I had some decent conversations. There was an athlete who basically was like, you're dumb. And I'm like, dude, I'm not dumb. Like if you want to have an actual conversation, if you actually think he's doing a good job, please enlighten me. We had a conversation. Basically, he agreed that it could be better, but he thought Chase was doing a decent job. And it was like, okay, bye. But also then I realized that he's also in cahoots with like Savon and Hiller and those guys and he's been on Savon's pot. So he's also in that like other end of the spectrum type deal, like with those people. Internet extremists. Yeah, like just, and people who are just kind of in this, like, uh, it's so hard to describe and I don't want to speak about other people really about this because it's not, I don't want to make it about specific people, but it is like, and I'll just speak briefly. Um, Savon is, is a more, he has extreme opinions about CrossFit and beyond. He's very much like in the OG camp, like defending Dave Castro, fine and dandy. That's fine. Um, but yeah, he, his followers are also a little bit on the more, um, and like, I don't mean extreme necessarily like, in a bad way but they're they're very very much like they're loyal to the old way of doing things exactly and it, it like again i'm not i'm not going to speak to these points but they it extends beyond crossfit yeah um and i i don't agree with savant so instead of like being on his page and fighting every little battle i just don't follow him plus he was shadow banned so he's very hard I think to that find kind of says says something about the situation yeah. anyway hiller's people um started messaging me and a lot of the comments were like you're stupid um I can't believe you know you don't even know Chase and you're trying to take food off his his table for his family like no one uh, not say no one the vast majority of comments I was getting were not to the point like you're I can't believe you would do this this speaks to your character it was just, there was nothing that spoke to the point. And that kind of bothered me because it was hard for me to speak back. I was like, okay, so I'm a shitty person. Thank you. I don't know. I've already laid out my argument in a couple different places here. There's not really much more I can do. So the next day, Sunday morning, I just was kind of tired of it. And I was tired of just getting like, you're a loser. You're dumb. You're, you know, you're a p piece of shit comments. Because I was like, this just proves I'm right to, in my mind. It's yeah. like you, you have no counter argument that you have to actually drop to the level of just calling me dumb. Like, what are you five? Yes. And so then I post it. I'm going to read it. Um, it's a quote by Charles A. Anderson. Observe which side resorts to the most vos, vosser. Uh, I don't know the word. So you're going to have to name calling. <laughs> I actually never said that out loud. And you are likely to have identified the side with the weaker argument and they know it. So if your argument is to call someone a loser, then that's proof that you don't have an argument. It's weak and you know it. And so that's your only thing that you can say back. And I was like, this is perfect. This will send the message. <laughs> and it said, after being called a loser a couple times yesterday, this quote made me feel better. These words also serve as advice for people who out, who out there disagree with me. If you want to have a discussion, I'm all for it. If you want to call me a loser, go home. 
originally I felt really good about this post. I was <sighs> getting like fire, clappy hands. Like a lot of the people who obviously agree with me were like, damn girl, loving this. Yeah. And then unbeknownst to me, Savon posted on his page. Literal piece of shit. Okay, Meredith <laughs> posted on his page my post and basically said, I actually, I didn't even see it. I think you saw it. I did. So he posted the post and then in the, the comment section or like Underneath, on the story yeah. said something about like uh, you incited like mob something and now you're playing the victim. And that was his Which repost. I wasn't playing the victim. No. But anyways, people got on my page and it was like basically... This just, I felt like somebody had taken a fire hose and just like sprayed it at full blast. And I just got like completely, I had, I couldn't even open my mouth to take a breath. Yeah. It, and when I say descended upon me, I know that sounds dramatic, but it was like nothing I have ever experienced before in my life. And it wasn't, what's funny enough, what's really funny is ironically, it was all these people calling me a loser, speaking to my, <laughs> speaking to me as a, as a, like my character, like saying like, you're, I can't believe you do this. You know, there were comments about me being gay. There were comments about um, it being Pride Month and me, how how dare I, or how fitting that I'm showing my true colors on Pride Month. Like, what does me being gay have to do with anything in this point? Like, very few people actually were standing up for Chase by making an argument that he was doing a good job. And maybe like, I am completely just off point here with that being like a reasonable expectation, um, but that was my expectation. Like if you actually think that like this is worth arguing for, like make an argument. Um, but as much as I, as I thought that, and I believed that, um, it, and then Meredith, she was away for the weekend. And so I was kind of alone, which is fine. I can fight my own battles, even though I didn't want to fight this battle really in the end, but she kind of went on there and posted, Oh, I said, I bet it's a, <laughs> I said, uh, let me guess. It's a bunch of white guys with beards. Cause it was, it actually was, um, um there were some w white women, but, um, and I, I don't want to like stereotype, but yeah, that incited a lot of, um, garbage comments and just a lot of discussion that was, got really ugly in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Um, apparently Meredith is a racist. Yeah. Which is actually like a pretty common, like whenever you, sometimes when you call out racism to, to white people, they love to flip that around and call you racist for calling out racism. Super common. It just got really bad. And so at that point I was like, I gotta like back this up as much. Like I, it had already gone really badly sideways. And I thought, okay, maybe I, I looked at my actions and thought, what was, what did I do that maybe wasn't appropriate here? And I had had a discussion with one of my friends who agreed with me in, in a lot of ways, but kind of, he kind of said like, I just, I don't know, like maybe it would have been better to kind of go about it in a bit more of like a moderate with a more moderate approach. And the, the night before I kind of was, I was stuck in my ways and I didn't, it didn't really sink in. And then I was thinking about it the next morning. I'm like, this is not what my, what I want. Like, I don't want this to be this whole argument. Like all I want is for overall the commentary and CrossFit and the athletes in it to be represented in a positive, respectful, professional manner. 
That's what I wanted. So I thought maybe taking such a targeted approach to one specific person was not a good idea. So I went on my phone again on my story and basically walked it back and said, I, I, I want to cl- clarify that I was not speaking to Chase's character. I think that's important. Don't know the guy. I was speaking to the job he was doing. I still don't think he's doing a bad job, a good job. I do understand after talking to a few people on inst- Instagram that this issue extends beyond one person and maybe I didn't go about it in the same w- right way. What I want is for us all to, to just be pushing for, for fairness and representation and um, professionalism in the sport of CrossFit. Like these athletes are busting their ass day in and day out to be on the floor and I think that they deserve the best. And a lot of people were like, good for you. Like, I think it's really like big of you as a person to go on there and say that. And I was like, yeah, I'm just, it's fine. I didn't do it to be like, to be told I'm a big person. I really just really wanted to diffuse the situation. Yeah. It didn't diffuse the situation that got a lot of DMS that was like too late. (laughs) You like effing idiot. Like again, just pounding on me for being a horrible person, being a bad lawyer. Like at that point I had removed anything tactic related off of my page because I didn't want my business that was completely separate to be attached to this and it to be thrown under the bus because that was just the last thing I needed. I got really scared. And to be honest, I was really upset. Yeah. I, I just felt like I was between a rock and a hard place. Like I had done this thing that really, I don't think was honestly that bad. Just maybe done with a little bit too much of a targeted approach. And I, I just, it was like, it was just a lot. I couldn't, there were no, there were no actual points I could even speak to. Like I just kept getting like, like comments after comments. And then by the time the afternoon came, I was just like every comment that came on, I just deleted it. Like I was scared to open my Instagram because it was just all of Savan's people. And again, no one even follows me. None of these people, a lot of them don't even have accounts. They were like, like fake accounts. Yes. Like they didn't have followers. They didn't follow anybody, Mm -hmm. but they were on there like making comments and it just, I had some of my people and my people, like my followers, my friends kind of like trying to kind of speak to some of these points. Um, There's no point though. But like, it was just <clears throat> becoming so brutal. And then I, I was like, well, should I turn the comments off? And I'm like, I don't really want to turn the comments off because I think, I think that there is freedom. Like, I don't want to use like freedom of speech, but I do think there were some good comments in here. And almost if somebody reads through this, they're going to see through it. Yeah. But no, it wasn't about that. It was just about like defending Chase and defend and just, it wasn't even defending Chase. It was just beating me down, which they succeeded at. I was done with it. I wanted to be done. Um, I know I did reach out at the end because I'm like, well, I didn't want to put this petition up for nothing because I, you know, a lot of people signed it and read it. So I, you know, I sent it to um, some people that I know at CrossFit HQ to, to at least bring to light some of the issues that a majority of people were, or not a majority, a, a few of my followers at least were passionate about. Um, yeah. And so maybe they can, you know, try to improve the situation moving forward in the season. Um, but it was honestly, it was, it was really a horrible experience. And I wish like with absolutely nothing personal to gain there, I'm like, why did I even do that? Yeah. Like it wasn't about 
you know, standing up for my rights, being gay or, you know, some, something actually happening to me. It was just like in the moment I kind of was just like, fuck, this is so bad. Like we got to get rid of this guy. Yeah. I mean, I think you, you can look back and be like, huh, like weird hill to die on kind of thing. But when you're watching it and I remember, you know, we were watching it together. It is upsetting because you're thinking like, yeah, these athletes who are in the first wave or in, you know, the, you know, not the final heat. Are they going to, are they going to be in the top five? Are they going to win? No, they're not, but they're, they're still there to compete. They've still put a lot on the line to get there. And like, they still have family and friends watching. And when there's people who have set aside, you know, time to try to keep up with their loved one or their friend who's competing and you're hearing, instead of hearing actual good commentary, you're hearing about all of the things that they're doing wrong in the lift or in the event. Like that's, it's upsetting. And it's easy to, as an athlete, to put yourself in that situation and on the receiving end of that type of commentary. And it just feels kind of icky. And I think that's why um, you felt so strongly about it to it begin just, with. It was like everything just, it was like, it became like nails on a chalkboard. And I'm just going to point out one, one example Mal O'Brien is an animal. Yeah. Absolutely demolishing like almost every event. All the commentators really had to say were, was, wow, you know, she competes like Matt Fraser. She acts like Matt Fraser. She talks like Matt Fraser. Like, like, oh, I'm, this isn't new. This is like, we've heard it many times before. Like, you know, I like her. She's really good. She kind of, you know, she's, she's kind of the up and coming Sam Briggs. It's like, no, she's the up and coming, whatever her name is. She's a, she's her own person. Like, why do we have to keep comparing new athletes to old athletes who don't really compete anymore? Like Like Mal O'Brien was really good before Matt Fraser. She's actually not that different than she was last year when she wasn't competing with Matt. Yep. Like, like they've done it to they do it to emily rolf all the time they compare her to sam briggs and it's like emily rolf is emily rolf and she's been good at this shit for like years give her some credit (laughs) like stop taking it off like whatever that's my again uh, my opinion (laughs) but but it is what it it is what makes it so hard as like as a newer athlete or a younger athlete or an athlete in this like a newer generation to get any attention or any sponsorship because like because literally people they can't talk about the athlete without somehow for some weird reason drawing attention to people who are either completely out of the sport or phasing out or you know who these new athletes are are straight up beating on like a regular basis like mal o'brien would beat matt fraser in events i guarantee you that so like how about Mal O'Brien is competing like Mal O'Brien. Mm-hmm. Mal O'Brien talks like Mal O'Brien. She walks around and she looks like Mal O'Brien. Like she has her own brand. She is her own person. It's annoying. Yeah. <clears throat> I just needed to point that out. Um, I think the best one was this, the men's snatch ladder at, at Granite Games on the, the team. Literally like one of the first guys out, he power snatches. First of all, Chase is like, you're going to see a lot of people miss this 185 bar. It's just like, it's the first one. You've been sitting in the corral. You know, you're just going to see people miss it. You want to know how many people miss the 185 bar? Zero. Nobody missed it. Um, he would probably miss it. So that's why. Okay. Um, no, but that's, I'm just saying like yeah, his perception. But it's just, it's like, it's undermining the athlete's ability. So that's what yeah. it is. The first guy comes out and power snatches 185 and then power snatches the next bar. And that sort of starts well, you know, he really should be squatting it because at some point you're going to have to squat it and, you know, it's going to cause him to miss. You don't want to have to, like, squat when you have to, not when you want to or that kind of thing. 
And the dude cleared the ladder, almost the entire ladder with power snatch. And he's a little guy. And I'm just like, dude, shut up. Yeah. Like there's, there's a few ways to skin a cat here. If this guy feels good power snatching because that primes his CNS for like a heavy snatch and he's got, you know, strong legs and good mobility, probably going to be fine for him to do that. But it's just irritating. It's always like, oh, they should be doing this. They should There's be doing this. a lot this. of should. He says the word should a lot. He should do this. They should be doing that. She should do this. These athletes should do that. Oh, like, it's not a clean. You got to like, you can't chase it around. You got to make sure it's solid in the bottom. Like, bro, it is a max effort snatch. I guarantee you've been there where you're like, I don't have this lift. I can't sit in the bottom with it. I'm just going to have to stand up and try to save it. Like, that's I just what when, happens. Like, the ma- the male commentators are always like, oh yeah, the girls like, you know, they're, they're sitting, the, you know, we would never talk to each other, but the girls, they, they can be a little bit sassy. No, uh, that was Adrian Conway. I know, but I'm like, he dude. Said, catty. No. Well, you know, girls can be catty. I was like, what did you just say? Dude, did you just say that out loud? I'm just, I'm like, I'm, I'm just, I'm really like, are none of these people... like groomed in any way shape or form at all ever like can we ask for that like you're you're the CrossFit games are televised like I actually had somebody who messaged me saying my wife knows nothing about CrossFit and she watched the Granite Games and her question was wow like why are they kind of talking like all these athletes suck yeah and that kind of says it all yeah like it's just it's it's just so negative. It's like these athletes don't know what they're doing. They they can't do what they're expected th- that they want to be able to do. Like the workouts are really hard for them. Like it's just it really 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 is just horrible. That's the last thing I'm going to say about it. Yeah, I mean, I think that you have to give respect where respect respect is due and at the end of the day, like none of those announcers, including Chase Ingram, could go out there and even tie the shoelaces that's of the be, person who finishes the lap. But well, like, I guess yeah, okay. it isn't it like is, it's yeah. because those athletes, even though they're they're coming last place at regionals, still deserve respect for getting to that stage of competition. And respect at a bare minimum just means like, don't shit talk them in the broadcast. Yeah, like Sean Woodland does a great job when people you know they miss reps or. You know, maybe the judge gives them something, a rep that they shouldn't. He can say like, oh, got away with one there. And that's the end of it. Yeah. Like it doesn't. Great, like, great save. That wasn't, you know, the most technical lift, but he did a good job saving. Like there's cut, like there's like honesty and accuracy with color. Like you don't have to like be bloking, blowing smoke up people's asses, but it's like it, there's a line that was crossed and has been crossed many times before. And it's just, ugh, it's really, um, unsettling I think I was gonna say something um I can't remember well I think this is so there's a bigger conversation to be had here too and this is kind of where I think uh you know Andrew Hiller and some of the more dissenting people on the internet maybe Savan I don't know I don't keep up with Savan anymore except you know the other week and I actually like <laughs> I dm'd the guy because I'm like dude what the f- what the hell man Cause he posted some stuff about me like DM, no response, DM, no response. Hey, are you going to respond to me? No response. The guy has no interest in having a conversation. Off- His whole brand. He doesn't want to have it offline because he has nothing to gain from that. No, he doesn't actually care. He just, he's doing it for the likes, for the posts, for the follows, because Clout. he actually makes money off YouTube and his 
podcast. And what are those podcasts about? Being dissenting in CrossFit. Yeah. Taking, he brings up athletes and like, I, we've, we've been on his podcast and it wasn't about CrossFit. It was just about like whatever life. And like, I don't know. It was fine. It was a while back. It was kind of early on before he had, had like turned, like, yeah, I guess developed his personal brand in the way that he's developed it today. But before even, he was, it was before he was shadow banned. Even then, like I did that podcast and I was so on edge the whole time just because of who he is and, and some of the values that he was. Yeah. And you know, like he said something, I remember specifically there was something that came up about transgendered people and he made some dumbass comment about, you know, well, I think that boys have penises and girls have vaginas and it's that simple. And I didn't say anything. Neither one of us did. Mm-hmm. And I think back and like, I used, I, I'm like mad at myself that I didn't say anything almost. Like I was so taken aback by the comment. I didn't know what to say, but then I like straight up didn't say anything. So I was mad at myself for a long time. And, um, I don't know. I think, I think I am more mad now at like this system and this society that says we have to endure people like Savan that we have to, to weather his bullshit. It's not even people. It's just, it's honestly, it's opinions and, and belief systems and values. Like if you have a differing opinion, you should say it. And like, there are different ways of saying it, but I still believe that you like, yeah, I wish we spoke up as well. Yeah. But like, I don't, again, I don't know the guy. I just know what he stands for. And I don't agree with it. I think he actually used to be a decent person. I mean, it's beside the point. Yeah. He's not a bad person. He's not a good person. It doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. It it doesn't matter. Like what matters. And this is what I learned on, on a couple of weekends ago on social media is like the world is full of people and everyone is going to have their own opinion about so many different things. What I realized is the people who follow me, my like 42,000 people, probably not all of them, believe what I believe for the most part or agree with most of what I put out. Yeah. They're okay with me being gay or they accept me as a person. Um, They like agree that, you know, you should eat carbs or like, or maybe they don't. And they just are interested in what I have to say. Like they love gay shit, whatever it is. Yeah. They're okay. They like Meredith, whatever I post. Um, They, they're interested in my running, whatever. I just, it was shocking to me that like none of the people or I don't, it's just, it's so divided even under the surface. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. And it, it just takes one kind of nugget where you have an opinion that people are maybe like passionate about to kind of like open a can of worms and really see, like you see the U S and it's very divided and yeah. it's, you're seeing that on a macro level, but you're seeing that like I saw it on an extremely micro level a few weekends ago and just the, the, I want to say, I don't want to say bullying, just the, there was some harassment. I believe I'm not playing the victim. I'm just stating what I, my f- fact. Um, and I, I think that's a lot of the U S that's why people just like are punching people in the face. Well, I don't even think it's, it's just the U S like it's here too. It is here. Like we'll just I call would it say the it's Western worse in the U S yeah. Um, Much more divided. Yeah. I think there's, that's the I think the internet just allows for it like you can easily like idealize what someone is about on the internet what their opinions are you know whether you align with their worldview or not and um it allows for just yeah stereotyping and pigeonholing and um 
when in reality, like I think most people are more complicated and yeah, I guess just more complex than the way the internet would have you believe that they are. I think that there are some real assholes out there and like bigots and just terrible people. Yeah. I mean, that's known. Yeah. It's, I think the internet just, it really like allows you to paint people in a very binary way and only at like the extreme ends of opinion. And so you kind of, I think it's because the, the binary people are the ones that are outspoken Yeah, on both ends of the spectrum. Yeah. But there's the reality is that the, in the middle there's the this massive silent majority Mm -hmm. and they would just rather not get involved yeah they they if they see something they don't like then they just move on they're like uh you know you know and the other side of it is um like confrontation or like escalation has no negative consequences online like you can go on someone's profile and say terrible shit because you can do that without risking either like getting the shit kicked out of you or you know maybe you do that in a literal like a public social setting and people are like hey dude that's not okay like there are actual social consequences to acting like that in public but behind a keyboard especially behind a keyboard from a fake account yeah what's the consequence like what's the worst that happens you get blocked that's literally the worst thing that can happen or something like someone says some it's like something negative back to you Um, I think that people have, there's, (laughs) you can say whatever you want and like, you like in the comfort of your, your, your basement behind your laptop or on your cell phone, like what's the worst that's going to happen. So I think you see a lot of, a lot of that, especially when it becomes name calling, which obviously like, do you think like those people would actually walk up to your face and be like, Hey, Alex Parker, you're a loser. I think you're a fucking idiot. Like, um, I don't know, maybe some, some of, of them, them. <laughs> maybe, but the difference is like, what, like what, what well, if they did? Yeah. Like there's a thing is like, if anyone's around, they'd be like, dude, what the hell? But like That's on the internet, the you just, you, ha- you're able to kind of like, you have this backing of people who are with you on a certain post and they're like liking your comments and whatever. And it's like, ugh. Like, it's funny because after the fact, some of my followers were like, you know, you know, you shouldn't let this deter you from standing up for what you think. And I was like, that's fair. At the same time, like, again, this is just not the hill I want to die on. Like, Chase Ingram making a few insensitive and, like, sexist and inappropriate comments about some of my friends and the athletes that I think deserve more respect is just, it's not worth it. It's really not. No, and at the end... To me, it's not. I have better things to do. I just... I. Had I known how this was going to materialize, like I could have just easily, easily enough had written uh, uh, my own letter to, to HQ and said, I think this is a problem. Yeah. Um, here, here are the examples. Here's what you're doing well. And had, you know, enjoyed my weekend instead of like having a weekend where I cried <laughs> a lot. <laughs> I did cry cause it's hard and I'm okay now. And I see what happened, but in the moment it was, it was hard yeah. as, as like, even though logically I knew what was going on, it's really hard to to just have your character just shit on. I know. When when you don't feel like you did that much that was wor- like that warranted that. Yes. But it's funny because like in all I feel like people are I don't know. 
don't know. I just, I don't want to talk about more of what I could have done different. There was a lesson learned and that's that. <laughs> the end. No, but I, I think um, it's, yeah, I was, I'm sorry I wasn't here to be more helpful. <laughs> it's okay. The, I think it's a lot to, to expect, like you do have a lot of support and a lot of followers. Um, but it, when it's, when it's something is so target, like when it comes from a person who's really negative and they paint you in a negative light and they basically all but say like, Hey, followers go get her. Yeah. Like there's, there's only so much that your followers and your supporters can, can do at that point because like essentially the, like that incites a little bit of a riot and that's what it felt like it gets instead of like, I mean, Savan or anyone for that matter, like he can't be too targeted because he's going to then get flagged for bullying. And I'm convinced that's why he doesn't tag people in his stories. That's why he didn't tag me. he doesn't want to get his other account shadow banned. That's why I didn't tag you. Like it's, it's so I can't be like, Hey asshole, this is bullying. Report it. Instagram's like minus 10 points from, you know, whatever their system is. But anyways, um, I, I will say I'll point out two things. Um, the first is that, and I know that this, this extends way beyond like my, my bigger, more dramatic experience. And that is how harder hitting a negative comment is on your self-esteem or your security or your feelings, like a negative, like you're stupid. And this might be just me. I don't think it is because I've, I've talked to many people who are insecure about just posting on Instagram, regardless of who they are. Um, a, a negative comment like you're stupid or, you know, go wave your pride flag and F off, whatever. That comment trumps 10 comments saying like, thank you. Like, so glad you spoke up really vulnerable. Like whatever positive con- like affirmations that you're getting. I like that, that your loser actually, and I, it might be sad of me to admit this, but that hurts. Well, yeah. And there's a, probably an evolutionary prerogative to that like we're shame that means a lot like you do feel bad and like it did make me think like maybe I you know shouldn't have and maybe I shouldn't have but like I don't you're a loser or like yeah talking about the fact that I'm gay like really that has not happened in a long time and that bothered me yeah like I had uh, some some of my fellow competitors were like I just asked that guy to remove that comment because some of them were getting really bad like really just and not even like just talking about groups of people yeah like and that and it sucks that that a negative comment from somebody who probably just types it and then goes about their day yeah actually has that much more of an impact than like 10 positive comments yeah like I guarantee I mean I don't even know how many were positive and how many were negative across like all my dms and all of all of the posts on or comments on my post I I don't think that the negative ones outweighed but they sure did in my mind yeah they sure did. Yep. I think back to that, those days and all I can think of, all I remember are the negative ones. Yeah. And, um, and I think that extends beyond like, um, controversial, uh, topics. I think, you know, you can put some post up about, you know, you in a bikini. And if you're an athletic woman, you could get, um, a hundred comments saying like, Holy, wow, you look so beautiful. Like, wow great body or you look re- you work really hard or like strong woman whatever like that are meant to be positive you get one like wow you look like a dude or you take steroids like that one is going to be the one that sticks yeah it's the one you remember 
or no one cares about like, you know, your food. Yeah. Even though over time you have a lot of people asking about your recipes or whatever, Mm -hmm. you get one person be like, stop posting your food. It's gross. That sticks. Yeah. At least with me. And I, 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 I think it does with others, which is unfortunate. Yeah. Um, I was going to say something else, but I just got so passionate about that one that it will, it will come back to me. Yeah. I think it's a good, that's a good place to shift into the like mental health aspect of sort of like the commentary, but also these people online, um, to revisit Andrew Hiller. And like this, this also goes to the commentary. Sorry, can I interrupt? Okay. I will say, and I think this is a little bit why I have like a personal connection. When I was, I've, I've had, I've watched my regionals and my games videos back. Cause I think we all do not like, I don't watch it over and over, but a couple, I've seen my events and many times I have heard these men. It's always men. Cause I mean, that's all they have is commentators or men making negative comments about me. Oh, she's not going to be able to keep that pace up. <laughs> oh, she shouldn't be beating Sam Briggs. Yeah. Like really? I mean, I had an event in 2018 that I ended up winning and the entire time it was, she's, it was Bill Grundler. Bill Grundler talking about how like, I'm, you know, my running technique isn't good. I'm running too fast. I'm not going to be able to keep that up. She's looking too stiff. She's laboring. She's going to fall apart. This is going to be, she's going to explode. She's going to lose it. Like, I, I won that event and I'm watching that back being like, really? Yeah. I mean, maybe I'm, be- I'm sensitive, but. Well, I just, I don't Whatever. think it's, it's not good commentary. And if no. they'd known, that's the thing. If they do any amount of research, they'd probably go, huh, you know what? Alex is a really good runner. Like she's, she's probably, like, she could do really well here. Like we'll keep an eye on her. Like, yeah, she's leading. We expect her to be leading. Like, we'll see if she holds on to this. Like what is so difficult about just like being fucking positive? <laughs> like it is not that hard. I know. Anyways, I'm sorry to interrupt. I wanted to point that out because it came to me earlier. But okay, we're well, talking about mental health. Yeah, I mean that's that's that goes right to it, and um, I think that what we have to be sensitive to, or we need to be sensitive to, in this sport, is the mental health issues that are coming to light with athletes, and we we see this a lot in in collegiate like collegiate athletes, um, successful athletes, people who athletes who have um, a lot of potential, but they also have a lot of pressure, like pressure put on them. Um, maybe by themselves, by coaches, um, by their parents, just, they feel a lot of pressure to perform. And I think it would be foolish for us to believe that that same type of pressure and these same mental health issues do not exist in CrossFit because I think they do. And I, I think that there's potentially, um, you know, an even bigger mental health crisis sort of bubbling under the surface. And when we have to be careful with the way that we talk about athletes in commentary and then, um, you know, in, in the media. So a couple weeks ago, maybe a month ago after the, um, the European, one of the European semifinals, I was invited onto uh, a panel, including Chase Ingram to discuss whether Sarah Simpkins' daughter was past her peak. And I got the email, hey, do you want to be on this um, little podcast? This is the topic. And my gut reaction was like, ah, no, I don't really want to, like, I don't want to be a part of that conversation. I don't think it's a fair conversation. And then I thought more about it. And I was thinking like, well, shit, there, this conversation is going to happen whether I'm on the panel or not. It's just going to be somebody else. So I thought, you know, 
I am going to say yes to this and I am going to do my best to prevent the like the conversation from just going down the toilet and I think one of the first things I said in the uh in the conversation was like it's really important that we don't talk about athletes peaking or being past their peak or their performance in a pejorative way meaning like we're not we're not casting negativity we're not casting doubt um we're you know there's still there's still people with feelings and I think that that's that's really important and when you when I look at the way that Andrew Hiller is going again, like I think fundamentally when he started doing videos in the open, I was like, yes, this is, this is a, a good thing or it can be a good thing. It's, it's potentially going to, going to draw attention to some blind spots and maybe help or encourage some like better online judging I don't know. It was very much like, hey, CrossFit, hey, you guys in charge of the judges, you guys watching the videos, like, let's watch a little closer. Let's con- like, let's consider what we're looking at here. But it was always like, not on the athlete. And I think he said this a few things, it's, a few times, it's not the athlete's fault for taking advantage of, of bad judging and doing reps that they think are good. It's the judge and it's the people in charge of reviewing videos. So I can agree with that. But then you saw this shift start to occur in semifinals and people like people on the internet, they, and probably just in general, I'm not going to say on the internet, what is reinforced is repeated. And so when you're constantly reinforced, like people love, love the idea of calling athletes out, love the idea of shaming people for bad reps, love that. Let's do that. And now you're playing kind of a bad game of telephone. Like you started way over here focusing on CrossFit. And now you're like way over here um, getting people to comment a bunch of bats in people's Instagram comment sections and focusing more specifically on the athlete and their perception of their own reps. Well, that happened to me with Chase. I know. Like it. that's kind of the the way the internet is like people love like outspoken opinions that agree with their own opinions and you they will reinforce that person yeah I think that's why it it just it ended up going to where it went with me because I was like oh I gotta do this yeah just like Andrew Hiller was probably like holy shit like people are I'm doing this for the people yeah I know (laughs) Um, and then you realize like but then if you don't catch yourself it's like then it becomes where it, it is becoming in our opinion. Yeah. And I, I just, I think that now he's, now we're missing the mark a little bit. We're not standing up for the athletes in the face of CrossFit. It's like, let's go tear down the athletes who continue to take advantage of the system, whether or not they realize they're taking advantage of the system or not. And there's a line there. And I think as soon as you step over the line and you begin attacking the athlete. Well, that's why a lot of athletes are, have blocked. Yeah. Um, a lot of those accounts like Hiller. Yes. Because they don't want their their videos being pulled. It's just the reason why I've blocked all of them too. Because at least I blocked them on that day. Because last thing you want is just like more more of your videos being pulled mm-hmm. into their accounts with their following and being told like go attack this person. Yeah. Um. So I I, I am sort of <laughs> sad to see him step over that line because I think there was we were on a good path and now we're on like oh kind of an icky path. Like maybe he steps back over to the 
let's focus on CrossFit path. But honestly, I think he started running in Savon circle. And so obviously like no huge surprise that that's going on, but, um, I, th- I think that there's not enough, uh, concern for athletes, mental health. And again, when you compare, uh, a CrossFit athlete to a collegiate athlete or to, um, a professional athlete who's c- maybe carded, um, you know, with a, a like w- with the Olympic team or who is on a professional team of some sort, like presumably those athletes have access to counselors and sports psychologists and more resources, like whether or not they're, they feel empowered to take advantage of those resources. I don't know, but, um, there is no governing body for CrossFit athletes. There's no organization. There's no oversight. Um, there's nothing that really serves as a barrier or a a protection or offers resources to these athletes. And so it, it falls to the athletes then to seek out their own, um, help when they need it. And sometimes that's really hard to do if you don't know how to do it. And I worry that that's, that's not being done. Um, because there's, there's stigma around mental health issues. There's stigma around asking for help. Uh, it's, it's just, it's another thing for the athlete to do, um, on top of like a long list. I mean, at CrossFit athletes are training around the clock. And one thing that I think is sort of important to, to point out, um, which is kind of, I was having a conversation with one of my, um, clients who's a high level athlete yesterday and she was saying, I, I feel like she's training for the games right now. And her, she's like, I feel so emotional. I feel so like, I'm just, I'm at the end of my rope sometimes. And like the smallest thing will set me off. And I've experienced that. I have too. You have experienced it. It's, it's when you're, you're so like, you're so stressed out from, from training. And I don't mean like, I'm so stressed out. I just mean like you have one stress cup and you're filling that up with training because you're training four to six hours. Um, literally beating yourself to a pulp every day. Yeah. And it's mentally taxing because like you've got this event coming up. So literally like having someone change your work schedule or having your schedule change or just something like that, like is enough to just set you off, like just start crying. And I don't think people realize that. I don't think people realize that is like there's a toll to training, especially as an athlete who doesn't have a manager, who doesn't have a coach, who doesn't have a partner. He can do every single thing for them. Like you are just, you are at your wits end. And imagine that as an athlete who's in that situation, you have, now you have to worry about people like Andrew Hiller, or you have to worry about, um, yes, Savan or just like anybody on the internet, like first for whatever reason coming onto your page with a bunch of bats really so it's it's like i just i don't think that we're being can you um, explain the bat thing well so he thinks he's like the batman of cross he's like he hold he does a lot of like batman jokes oh, in his videos okay. so and he like has a shirt with like the batman symbol and oh so okay. that's the that's the sign that's people go in there and they comment bats on his posts or on other people's on posts? other people's yeah, posts okay basically to Ugh. call attention to yeah. and even unrelated posts like he's he's posted a few times about katrin and you'll just go on any of katrin's posts now and it's just like bats really I'm like people need to a get a life i think crossfit athletes more so and i'm this is a guess 
probably are under a little bit more pressure, um, especially the ones maybe not quite at the top yet, those bubble athletes who aren't making that much money in the sport. Um, and so a lot of, and we've talked about this before, a lot of their income comes from their Instagram following and them being um, ambassadors or influencers. Yeah. And so it's tricky. You know, they're under a lot of pressure to make sure they're posting the right things. They're not, you know, losing followers. They're appealing to most people. It's tricky. And it's like, you know, we've had athletes in our sphere, um, you know, things will come up like the, the whole push, uh, a year, almost two years ago with black lives matter and the Greg Glassman situation specifically with CrossFit. And a lot of these like high level athletes were like, what do I do? Yeah. Like, obviously I have a, a belief here, but I don't want to lose half my followers or wh however many followers maybe will disagree with what I post. Yeah. And, and that is a genuine concern. And it's so they're basically a business, like you're running a business, but it's also yourself. Like it's very conflicting. Yeah. And I think that alone can cause some like mental angst when you don't feel empowered to like to have opinions or have strong opinions or, you know, state what is important to you. Cause it might, it might impact your bottom line. Yeah. And I think CrossFit specifically has a, a history and a pattern of not being too friendly uh, for, with people who disagree or dissent. I mean, long history of that. And so you just, I think there's this, this culture of a fear a little bit mm -hmm. of, um, you know, stepping out of line of speaking up. I mean, like it, we, a lot of people joke about CrossFit being a cult, but like, damn, if they don't do some culty shit, like as soon as you step out of line, it's like, you're gone. And that's, I think people, <laughs> it's an act. It's actually still a very, very small community. It is. Yeah. And, uh, it can feel very, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know the word, but I mean, I've been in, I've been there where, you know, your, your value, your, your money, your, you feel like your success is tied to, you know, playing the game, saying the right things. Don't step out of line. Don't be too political. Be funny, but not too funny. You know, show some skin, not, not too much skin. <laughs> yeah. There's, but it's like, you laugh, but that's, that's what, that is what it is like, like or has been like. To we'll, we'll post about, um, okay. Well, well, for example, the, the most recent school shooting, um, you post about that and I get comments that are like, wow, like it's nice to see, you know, an athlete actually speaking up about this stuff because you don't, you don't see that in CrossFit. You don't, because it's a gun, it comes down to like politics and gun control and, and that will piss people off. Even <laughs> though it's, even though it might not even be about that. But anyway. I mean, what should piss people off is children getting murdered. Exactly. But anyways, sometimes I just want to be like, I'm not an athlete anymore. It doesn't my, matter. <laughs> my, like, my income is not tied to me, like, having followers. Yeah, but I think... Or agreeing with people on the internet or being politically, like, neutral. I, I guess, if that's, like, even a thing. But it creates this... Like, you look at every other sport. Um, and I'm not saying every athlete in every other sport, but, like, the big athletes. Megan Rapino, uh, LeBron, Sue Bird, Alex Morgan, like, the U.S. W U S women's national team when like they speak up about things, like they post about things. They say like, Hey guys, not cool. And it's, it's, it feels good to have the people that you look up to 
like be some reflection of your worldview or your values. And it's not like, um, I mean, there are some, I guess, athletes who have worldviews that I don't share and they wouldn't be people that I would follow, but it feels a little like, you know, when you see nothing said, especially something as, as major as, um, what happened in, in Texas. And, you know, that's just one example when it's like, everyone just goes on their days as normal and they're posting their workout videos and what they're having for lunch and, Oh, I'm hitting a pool session and, you know, tagging their nutrition coach or whatever. Like it, it's like, re- really? Like we're not going to pause for even a second to be like, Hey, this terrible thing happened and I don't have all the answers, but I know that it is a terrible thing that happened. Like re- that's, we can't do that as a, just be a human being for a second but that's like that is crossfit right there and it's like i'm so tired of it and that's the thing and the reason why i probably don't have a lot of followers is i do pay i post a lot of um i guess for lack of a better word political shit you're not even that political but yeah it just it it it's like just at the same time like i think if you want to talk about like followers, I think if you do post actual values, you do put yourself out there, you might lose followers, but the followers that you do have or that you do get are going to be ones that are actually like very much in line and very, I'm going to say loyal. That's not necessarily the word, but that's why Savant's followers will attack whoever he says to attack. Yeah. Cause they're super, because loyal. he's extreme and he, that's who he has. And, and that's fine. Like we probably have more like, people who are LGBTQ and like that sort of thing. Cause you put that out there. It's kind of goes back to like, I have a completely different f- group of followers than Savon. Yeah. Um, but I think for some reason, like CrossFitters are, are still unsure about have like, Oh, I don't want to say picking a side. Cause I really, I just want to get away from that. Like division, di- like divisionist thinking, but that's kind of the case. Yeah. It's like, or- I think there are two, two, Again, to go use my example, there are two sides in the sport. There are like the, I don't know, I mean, cross, like they gave a gun to the winner at the 2015 games. Hmm. Like there's this, Which there's was a catching. lot of, there's a lot of people <laughs> who are like military and police. And, and I think, you know, Greg Glassman did have a lot of very strong opinions and, that was very became very clear and then that became not okay but I think a lot of some of the other values kind of are still stuck in the sport and at least were in the sport for a very long period of time and so like moving out like yeah you can go to CrossFit and there's like you know they do pride month at CrossFit gyms and all that and I think generally there is a little bit more like people who are moderate and like gym owners that are moderate but I think in this sport there there is it is very it can be very um, divis- divisive, divisive, like, divisive. Like yeah. the, I, and this could just be my my perspective here, but I I think that's that's the case. It's not, you know, you're not in soccer, and it's also a small community. There's not that many people in the pool. Yeah, I mean, but you just said it. Like I think the thing that that is both. <laughs> Um, probably the reason why CrossFit has had so much success, but also right now, I believe the thing that is holding it back is that it was born from the community Mm -hmm. and 
it's like we're to a point now where we're trying to grow and evolve and be better and bigger and more progressive. But, you know, like, frankly, a big part of the community does hold rather extreme viewpoints. And I think part of the reason why Savan and people like him have a big following and there are all these people who, you know, they want things to go back to the old ways and they they like that is because I I think it represents uh, or at least like, you know, Greg, I think it's kind of the Trump thing where there are just people out there who want to know that you can be an asshole and not only get rewarded for it, but achieve like a lot of success being that way and to have to basically be ousted because you're an asshole, like get out of your own company. That's how bad you are. That pisses people off because they're like, they, they now some part of them no longer feels validated. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, it's a little complicated, but yeah. Anyways, that's probably a topic for another time or maybe never. (laughs) Yeah. I think just, I want to end by saying like, (sighs) overall, that was a pretty, I want to say bad weekend, but I think lessons were learned. Yeah. And I, and I did want to get on here and hopefully kind of explain what happened and, and not too of a biased way, more of what happened and what I learned. And I mean, obviously I'm biased because I'm my own person, but I think the internet can be really great, but it really can be dark. And, but, you know, a lot of people told me like, so what? It's also just the internet. Yeah. Someone said when you become the target, you know that you've hit the target. <laughs> yeah. Which is pretty. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I don't know if that's like a good thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, the last thing I'll say about it is it's, it's not exclusive to situations like this. I just find people are like hyper aggressive on the internet. Even when they come on, like somebody will come on to a tactic post and instead of saying like, oh, well, I kind of, you know, I read, I read this or um, can you explain, you know, this through this lens or do you have more information? It It's always like so like, why are you yelling at us? Like, yeah. why not just come on here and ask a question? Yeah. It's like, well, I read this. And so I find it really interesting that you didn't think it was important to include it in your post. And it's, it's like, like, um, or like, you know, you, you don't put caption on one post and it's like, I can't hear this. Can you please put captions? Like, well, we do it on every single other post. It's like, you can't win. No, you just can't. Yeah. There's just too many people to please. It's impossible to please them all. Overall. I mean, we obviously benefit from it and we have a, I have a, I'm really grateful for like having a space. I noticed I took a few days off of Instagram after that, just to kind of like decompress. And I noticed, um, I do spend a lot of time on Instagram and I probably do waste a fair amount. I'm a little bit more conscious of that now, but at the same time, I did notice that without it for a couple of days, I felt a little bit disconnected and disconnected, like not in a good way. Like I, I have a lot of, um, you know, I, I felt disconnected from my community and I, that might be sad to say because I do see people face to face. I have lots of friends here and I have activities, um, but I do rely on Instagram quite a bit for my social life. Yeah. And I think a lot of people do. I think that's just the nature of it. Um, so I, I do think it it's a great way to provide like connection and connect with people on, on things that you value, you agree with and value. But 
it can it can really turn on a on a dime in a hurry yeah Yeah. but also there are like different things you can do i noticed on your account you can like block people who don't follow you yes you can can, like block new follows like all these things that Mm -hmm in the moment, I guess maybe had I known. Yeah. I mean, cyberbullying is really becoming a thing. And so I think Instagram and a, a lot of platforms are stepping up and there are ways to protect yourself from it. And yeah. that's a really good thing to take advantage of. I think sometimes. Yeah. So, or just don't put stuff out that might lead you to getting bullied. Although that's hard to do if you have strong opinions, but yeah. Thanks for listening. Holy moly. I felt like I talked a lot. Well, there's a lot to say. So thanks for saying it. Thank you for listening. Uh, Like, subscribe, share, do all the stuff, and we'll catch you guys again super soon. Bye.